It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah! It is a week eight edition of this week in fantasy. I'm your host, James Seltzer. As always, coming up in just a minute, the great Sigmund Bloom. And in fact, you know what? I'm not even going to belabor it because Sigmund gave me close to 40 minutes of awesome content. And what more do you need? No bells, no whistles. Just me and mostly, more importantly, Sigmund Bloom breaking down the entire week eight slate and then a fun dip inside Sigmund's mind. So less of me, more of Sigmund. Here he is, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest, as always, I always say, and it is uh, true to my core, uh, is one of the, the things that I look forward to the most each week. We are lucky to have him. Uh, brilliant mind and uh, just full of football information, um, which who knows, maybe he could uh, you know, do amazing things in this world uh, uh, if he had put that brilliant mind to other things, but we are the ones who benefit uh, from him putting it to football. Uh, you can see his stuff over at footballguys.com. He's the co-owner there, and of course, the wonderful podcast, The Audible with Cecil Lammy, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, what's up, brother? Yeah, and I'll, I'll uh, butter up your audience right away just about how how fun it is to be uh, an Eagles fan right now, Philadelphia sports in general, but Carson Wentz, we, we could... It is something to behold because may it last, knock on wood. Yes. But but you're, we're seeing this. Um, I don't want to bloom him, and 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 blooming is a real thing. I was just talking to one of my friends uh, who we had a lunchtime bowling league, and he had he once rolled a two ninety nine, and I was not allowed to watch that. In fact, I was not allowed to even know he was working on a perfect game wow. elsewhere on the lanes because of my powers. So. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize, but 
Carson Wentz really looks like the next great NFL quarterback. He does. Yeah, man. He, does. he really I mean, it's it's uh, we've talked about it a lot here. Obviously, it's and just the growth from not just year one to year two, which we expected, but the, the growth from game to game and, you know, the stuff he's doing at the line and the composure and, and obviously the, the magic type stuff with the, you know, they're like it's like literally like three, four plays a game where you're like, how the hell did he do that? Yeah. Well, and what's beautiful about it, let's just turn this into a Carson Wentz show. OK, forget about our normal format. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna I think I think our entire audience would be cool with that. Yeah, no, but really what you're seeing is and it's what I saw in that first game when I was raving and gushing to you about him on this segment after week one. It's his ability to uh, keep plays alive with with, you know, sometimes slightly clumsy, but very effective mobility and athleticism for someone his size. And then from very strange and suboptimal and odd platforms, he can he can get his body in position. And it's some of it's pure arm strength. This is one of the few times that pure arm strength matters. But more than pure arm strength, it's inspiration and an aggressiveness. You know, it's this idea that even whenever in you know in boxing terms, even whenever he's like defending himself from punches in the, in the corner, he can still throw a knockout punch, and it it rubs off on the team and his sense of timing in some of these plays. It's also that very special quality that we've seen maybe like in our lifetime, maybe 10 or 15 quarterbacks have. And uh, it's, it's really special because you know, the team's actually had, in terms of quarterbacks, the Eagles have had Randall Cunningham and Donovan McNabb, who also had some special qualities. But Carson Wentz looks like he may take it to another level. It's crazy. And you're right about that. I mean, we did see Randall and, and Donovan, and they made some – Special things happen, but this kid, um, uh, you know, like I said, I, I've said a couple times this week, it's it's the best, you know, stretch of games I think I've ever seen a quarterback play in my lifetime for the Eagles, which is insane to say, but um, yeah, let's shut it down. I mean, what else do we need to talk about? Carson Wentz is the best. Yeah, and, and it's turning third and long <laughs> into a dangerous down for defenses. You know, yes. Third long, it's like you got, you, want, you got him right where you want him, and you're thinking turnover, sack. No, no, no. Well, and that's a great point. Like you talked about how how much of a boon it is for his own teammates, but it's also it's a, such a killer to play against. You know, you're a defender, like you said, and you've got him back at third and sixteen, third and fourteen, whatever it is, and and he does something like he did against Washington, where he just escapes from a sack and and runs for seventeen yards. I mean, that's the type of stuff that really demoralizes defenses too. That's a special time. So so commence the uh, somehow crashing and burning of the season. Is- against san francisco but it's been beautiful to watch it really has and um yeah this uh obviously uh classic trap game the beautiful thing about Wentz, i think uh he is uh he brings it every week and i don't know if a trap game is kind of like uh, tom brady in that way where it's like you know i, I feel like there's no kind of game where he's not going to show up for but um i'm also in the middle of a great stretch so we'll see and we'll, we'll get to that game coming up a little bit for those who don't know sigmund and i don't just talk about carson wentz the entire time as much as i'd like to um we do uh go through every sometimes single... we talk about chaka khan that's exactly right you know it just just the all-time greats at what they do that that's what we roll with <laughs> um uh and uh we usually get to some fantasy as well go through every single game and uh and then go inside sigmund's mind which should be Fun this week. I've got a, a different slant to it this week, but um, Sigmund, let's uh, before you get me just sure. talking Carson. That's all our other podcasts. I'm talking Carson once every day. I feel uh, maybe get to some fantasy years. Uh, I wish I, I could just keep talking. Carson Wentz. Um, but uh, we do have a big slate of games. Uh, there are a bunch of buys this week. So uh, a big week for people to get those fill-ins in Arizona, Green Bay, Jacksonville, the Los Angeles Rams, the Giants, 
and the Tennessee Titans all on by. So um, interesting because uh, uh, all teams where uh, I think uh, a lot of, um, uh, you know, roughly quarterback teams yeah. here. Uh, so, so maybe not the quarterback position, but let's get into it and see where we can find some, uh, some help for some of those people starting with tonight's game. Uh, not a pretty one as the Miami dolphins, uh, who seem to find ways to win games, uh, despite looking awful for most of them, uh, heading into face of Baltimore Ravens team that uh, just looks bad. Sigmund, uh, is yeah. where, where can I find some fantasy goodness in this game? Uh, Matt Moore and this offense, Miami's offense looks better. To me with Matt Moore, uh, more downfield strikes. If Devontae Parker can't play, Kenny Stills can help you out with six teams on by. Um, Jay Ajay, I would stick with Baltimore's run defense can start to cave a little bit with volume and also defending the downfield pass. Matt Moore looks downfield. Baltimore's offense is just abysmal. Uh, they can't do anything. Uh, you know, Ben Watson or Javorius Allen may be in a desperation situation. Um, they're not going to be able to run on Domakong Sue. Speaking of trap games, I mean, this is a game. Short week, Baltimore's at home. Um, you know, we have seen them shown up on the road against all- Oakland in a big way. So, it, you know, they do, they have, and it, it also would be a very Baltimore thing that their season, like, potentially slipping away, you know, potentially falling three games behind the Steelers uh, to stop the bleeding here. But, Based on momentum, Miami, who's four and two, uh, crazy. I, on the road, I, I still like them. I think what Matt Moore provides, he's he should displace Jake Cutler for the rest of the year. I think he already should have. I think Matt Moore just yeah. a better quarterback right now than Jake Cutler. I'm 100 with you. Um, and the four, I mean, Adam Gase, 13 and four in his last 17 games. The, the most quiet 13 and four in 17 games I've ever seen. But I think he's a pretty good coach, and uh, I'm with you. Uh, only a little fantasy goodness on the Miami side, but Baltimore has historically better at home. But uh, they they just look like they are. Uh, uh, a train that is off the rails and might not get back on. Uh, moving to the Sunday slate, we uh, continue here with another uh, game that doesn't seem to have a ton of uh, fantasy prospects to it. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Case Keenum-led Minnesota Vikings heading into face the hapless Cleveland Browns. What can we suss out of this one, Sigmund? Minnesota will probably be happy to treat this game like a layup. I wouldn't expect them to have a great offensive output. And Tennessee was actually surprisingly muted by Cleveland's defense, although we might not have Miles Garrett uh, with his concussion. Uh, so that that would, you know, just because we have to, we'll, we'll be watching that game early, uh, that would give us something to watch. Case Keenum should be playing it more conservative. I don't know if Stephon Diggs is going to play, made the trip. Um, there's some optimism, but... I still think Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen are the safer plays here. Maybe not necessarily the high ceiling plays because I would expect them to be conservative, run it through the backfield. Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon will touch the ball at least 15 times. But still not necessarily a high ceiling against the underrated Cleveland defense. And on the Cleveland side, punch lines, basically. That's what Cleveland's offense is good for now. Yeah, it's such a bummer. Uh, uh, you know, there, I, I didn't have high hopes for the rounds, but I thought there was good some offensive line. For, then yeah, Joe, Thomas, Joe some, Thomas is out. I mean, yeah, just, like uh, Isaiah Crowell, like what a bummer that guy is. And though Duke Johnson this week uh, a bad week against the tough Minnesota yeah, defense, exactly. but Duke has probably been the only guy who's somewhat relevant there. But yikes! And uh, I should have mentioned good point. This is a nine thirty game in London as uh, we send all our shittiest teams. To London. Here, Case Keenum in <laughs> Cleveland. Enjoy. Yeah. Poor London. Uh, Blake Bortles is like the star of London. That that tells you all you need to know. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the one o'clock slate. The uh, 
Three and three New York Jets, uh, 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 plucky New York Jets team hosting a similarly, surprisingly three and three Falcons team coming off a, uh, let's just say it, embarrassing showing uh, against a team that obviously had the greatest comeback of all time in them against in the Super Bowl against them, and they go out and embarrass themselves last week. Um, what do we do with this Atlanta offense, Sigmund? Yeah, I don't know. By the way, Blake Bortles is, it sounds like maybe the, the king of cricket or something like that. It's, it's a name that fits in London. <laughs> it does work. You know, it, Bortles, like it Blake just Bortles. has a British feel to it. it. Or Blake it Bortles, it, so, it's perfect for it. There's something fitting there. But, uh, but and, and maybe Atlanta could use some of the clarity that Jacksonville has. At least Jacksonville knows who they are on offense. Atlanta doesn't know who they are on offense right now. Steve Sarkeesian and this offensive coordinator change has been much a much bigger deal than I ever would have expected. I, agree. I, I totally, I, I didn't nearly give it enough credit it, it's been up. a big deal i mean he's answering the question on a weekly basis how do you mess this up because <laughs> they returned all the pieces uh, you know it was, it was all there of a, of a historically great offense no yeah. less yeah but uh, you know julio jones and Devonte freeman you can count on but you know, the jets defense doesn't have much of a pass rush there's vulnerabilities deep uh but i don't know if i trust atlanta to take advantage of that right now looking at somewhat secondary guys like Mohamed Sanu or austin hooper or tevin coleman they don't know how to use him you know, on the jet side josh mccown is um He's got some fight to him. You know, you can do worse for a bye week quarterback. Uh, Bilal Powell um, looking better. If I was going to pick a running back out of this game on the Jets side, the Atlanta is vulnerable to receiving running backs, so maybe Bilal they Powell could point. Thing. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins has been Austin Safarian Jenkins is our, one of our most consistent fantasy tight ends. This is twenty as a Jet, as a Jet, it's been ASJ baby. Yeah, so we haven't cared about a Jets tight end Dustin in a long Keller. Time. Dustin Keller. So, man, this is this is a fascinating one. The Jets, you know, they're not rolling over in Atlanta season after starting three and is in free fall. I'm with you. I mean, this is a a must win type game for Atlanta and um, the Jets put up a fight. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I agree with you. Uh, All right. Moving on. uh, Speaking of a team whose season is on the line, the Tampa Bay Bucks, a trendy sleeper heading into the season for a lot of people uh, not showing up so far hosting a Carolina's Panthers team who everyone thought was good and then they go into Chicago and lose to a team that has a quarterback who completed four passes Sigmund uh, what do we do here with this game yeah, well, exactly. Um, and you're right. Tampa, it's Tampa with their backs against the wall on, a, you know, two and five is going to be really hard to recover from. But Carolina, much like their quarterback, Cam Newton, you, know, you look at the record, you look at some numbers and you think, well, that's suspect. So, you know, Cam Newton is not an automatic start, depending on your other choice here, just because he, he has not been passing very well the last few games. Now, it's a, t- it's a vulnerable Tampa Bay defense. But, you know, we thought that New Orleans defense was vulnerable when Cam Newton faced them and, and got shut down by them so uh you know the whole carolina offense is suspect to me right now kelvin benjamin devin funchess even christian mccaffrey gets ppr points for you he's been solid in that fashion um even though the matchup looks good but on the tampa side uh i you see Jameis winston trending up to bigger games mike evans uh really uh, a rudder in this pass offense but also Deshaun jackson has been more consistent Cameron Brate's been consistent oj howard came on carolina might not have luke geekly we're going to watch that uh so i would expect tampa to kind of much like oakland did last um thursday night i, I do think this team's got some spirit will come roaring out of the, the corner in this one and it, we, we might see that by the end of the year that carolina is actually the worst team in that division yeah, that'd be crazy. A divi- it's going to be an interesting division. Obviously, New Orleans playing 
well winning four straight. Um, and I think McCaffrey thing has been such a disappointment. You're right. I mean, if he's in a PPR league, obviously value because he's getting so many targets and he's catching the ball, but really not nearly as um, elusive, athletic, all that type of stuff um, yeah. seeming so far. All right, let's get back to uh, someone who is all those things and more. And uh, uh, we talked enough about him before, but he's our favorite. So let's talk about him against Carson Wentz, the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles hosting the 0-7 San Francisco 49ers. Uh, interesting Jordan Hicks out uh, for the Eagles for the rest of the season. That should impact the defense. Obviously, Jason Peters, the loss on the offensive side, both big injuries. Uh, but assume the Eagles don't have any problems with the Niners this week? No, exactly. And that's where you get to the classic trap game, as you mentioned. Yep. Um, yep. And this is just a test uh, of, of Doug Peterson to, to uh, make sure this team doesn't overlook San Francisco. But you would expect Wentz... Aguilar, Ertz to deliver. Maybe this is the game for Alshon Jeffrey where it comes together. And, you know, the, 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 yeah, okay. I mean, we'll Wentz, keep saying it to keep speaking it into existence. It's tough because Jeffrey doesn't look sluggish or not like in his old self, and Carson Wentz is playing lights out. That's going to, in one of these weeks, instead of Mac Hollins or, catch, or Aguilar catching a long touchdown, it is going to be Jeffrey. And, and this is a week where, at least on paper, it looks like the matchup could yield that. It looks like Garrett Blunt should get 20 carries. Reprise his role from the Patriots, where he's just stomping on guys' faces by the fourth quarter because the game's out of hand. And that's the good news. This is a classic trap game, but this is also a team that is down there with Cleveland, and C.J. Beathard doesn't look like he can do much. Uh, this defense is still, you know, like a, a cake baking in the oven, that, you know, taken out too early with some, you know, there's injuries also. So I, I, I don't want to bloom the Eagles again this week, but this should be a layup. Yeah, I agree, especially, you know, West Coast to East Coast, 1 o'clock. I mean, there's so many things uh, in their factor. And, again, I think once, uh, once it gets done, either way, I think you're playing all your Eagles from a fantasy perspective, and uh, I mean, Pierre Garcon probably, and that's about it. Maybe, I mean, the Eagles have been so good against the run. I, Carlos Hyde, even a yeah, risky exactly. play this week. Um, all right, moving on, the uh, aforementioned New Orleans Saints looking pretty darn good. Going up against a, uh, I used the term before for the Jets, but I'll use it for them, a plucky Bears yeah. team that's uh, setting football back 60 years here, Sigmund. What it's do true. we do with this it's one? True. It's true, you know, relying on defensive touchdowns, <laughs> special teams touchdowns, and that and lots of Jordan Howard and you know at least um, New Orleans was creased by Green Bay's offensive line last week Aaron Jones had a big game so you can count on Jordan Howard and that's it in Chicago's offense you like maybe New Orleans defense if they're playing from ahead and Mitch Trubisky has to throw 25 or 30 times that could result in some good things for New Orleans defense uh, on the New Orleans side it's Ingram and Kamara it's not either or they're both uh, producing very well for us as Michael Thomas Ted Ginn I think I would stick with Drew Brees at home Chicago's been an odd team in that they've been very competitive at home and in Baltimore and then they've had some games like against Green Bay uh, and against Tampa Bay where they were just doormats and you think the Superdome that's the place where they're going to look like a doormat. Yeah, I, w- I would think so as well. The Bears have been better at home, and uh, I think New Orleans rolling a little bit right now. I'm with you. Uh, all right, moving on. Finally, a game where we can look at both sides uh, and potentially find some real deal fantasy plays on both sides. Uh, the San Diego Chargers heading into New England. Uh, Sigmund, has the Patriots defense figured this out, or is this a start your Chargers? We start your Chargers. I mean, start Rivers, uh, start Gordon start Keenan Allen, start Hunter Henry. 
Um, and it, it's, it could be a conservative game. I mean, I will say there's a potential angle here where New England tries to exploit. Bill Belichick's never one to take on the strength of a defense, and that's Joey Bosa and Mar- Melvin Ingram. So instead of doing a lot of drop-back passing, attack the Chargers in the run game with Deion Lewis and Mike Gillisley, maybe a little more Rex Burkhead, and, and not try to go downfield a lot and allow Bosa and Ingram to tee off on Tom Brady. And we have seen Brady against Houston but most famously this year uh, under duress and, and giving up turnovers. Uh, but still, you know, the chargers outside of Casey Hayward, there's uh, players to exploit there. So between Hogan and cooks and Gronkowski, there's probably two or three good plays there. Brady obviously stays in your lineup, but this one's fascinating because the chargers aren't dead. The chargers last, uh, the chargers shut out the Broncos last week. La- last time that happened, was 92. And the chargers also started own four that year and made the playoffs. Yeah. So you never that's, know. That's a good. Yeah, you're Everything right. Will, you never know. Well, and and the, I, I think Bill Belichick is smart in pointing out this team should be five and two if it wasn't for kicker problems and not to overlook them. And and the Patriots were a team we might have questioned going into last week, but they had one of their dominant performances to remind us they're still the Patriots. But Baltimore, uh, Buffalo, and and Miami are, are breathing down their necks right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It's a fascinating uh, game here. I think this Chargers team one of the more interesting ones in the league right now is we don't really know what they are. And also a team that, uh, you know, doesn't really have a home field advantage. So I don't think it really matters where they're playing. Uh, Interesting though, a lot of West coast, East coast, uh, one o'clock starts. We've already had two. We got one more to talk about here is uh, the Buffalo bills uh, hosting. And and I think you're starting probably uh, uh, McCoy and Tyrod. And then, you know, who knows with Buffalo, but um, interesting on the other side here is the Oakland Raiders heading in to face a Buffalo defense that had been pretty good until last week against Tampa, but also an Oakland offense that um, you don't know what to do with because obviously uh, Amari Cooper had been invisible and then all of a sudden 210 yards receiving, a couple touchdowns last week. Derek Carr brings it. Um, Jekyll and Hyde here with this Oakland offense. What do we expect here, Sigmund? This is a fun game um, because Oakland's back off the deck three and four and trying to uh, get control of their season again. Uh, they found their identity on offense uh, as much as I love Marshawn Lynch. And we missed the opportunity of Lynch returning to Buffalo here. Uh, it, it oh, might, yeah, I almost forgot he played for Buffalo. It might be a better offense with Richard and De- DeAndre Washington, who are both guys who can help you as a flex or a, a running back two in a pinch this week. We're not benching Mari Cooper again. They made a real effort to get him isolated in the best match- matchup in the slot. You're still going to go with Michael Crabtree. Jared Cook has a terrific matchup. Uh, Buffalo just hemorrhaged yards and catches and touchdowns to tight ends last week against Tampa. Uh, and, you know, maybe uh, th- this is a, a, another shootout like that Tampa Buffalo game that was 30 uh, 27. And you're going to play McCoy, you're going to play Taylor. I think Tyra Taylor's just fine the way he's playing right now. Not getting the credit he deserves, but in fantasy, it's showing up to an extent. Do you, if you have to go deep to the waiver wire, and pick someone up in a in a league that's pretty competitive and there's not much there. Deontay Thompson's interesting. 107 yards, four catches. I think he ran 14 routes in the game. And Tyrod Taylor will let it fly. And this Buffalo, I'm sorry, this Oakland defense gave up two long touchdowns to uh, Kansas City through the air last week. So Deontay Thompson could come through. Yeah, I think that's a great like uh, upside flyer type play, and uh, not just last week. The Oakland pass defense has been uh, been pretty bad all season, so um, I like that play a lot. All right, uh, last of the one o'clock games, we get back to having uh, ugly football games that you don't really care about unless it's uh, for fantasy or gambling. As yep. the Indianapolis Colts head to face uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, gross, Sigmund. 
don't you just feel like the Colts are mailing in at this point? Like they're ready. To oh my pack, God, they're, ready, yeah. they're ready to pack it up. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I don't. If, if whoever tells Andrew Luck to keep getting ready for the season should stop. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just mail it in, take the high pick, and and move forward. So I would say, you know, maybe Marlon Mack as a hail mary kind of play. Ty Hilton always there, but since he gets good pressure on the quarterback, I don't think there's gonna be time for them to throw downfield. And Jacoby Brissett's game is eroding a little bit. But on the Cincinnati side, I think this is a Joe Mixon game. The Indy's given up ten touchdowns to running backs, and they're gonna have a game script where they're gonna get to run on track, the running game on track in the second half. Maybe not a lot of yards, but touchdown opportunities for him. Um, AJ Green, obviously Tyler Croft, if you need a tight end in a pinch. He scored uh, I think three times already. And again, against Indy, I, I would expect Cincinnati to have short fields and be able to move the ball well. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, I think uh, Andy Dalton, even an interesting uh, kind of yeah. upside play. In, waiver in wire quarterback, yeah. Or whatever, yeah, or, or waiver wire. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on. Only two 4 o'clock games, uh, which is outrageous in my mind, but at least they are both decent football games. Uh, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans coming off a bye, heading into Seattle. Very interesting one here, Sigmund. Um, is this a game where we get some offense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a game where we wonder about Deshaun Watson and how he's going to respond to a defense like Seattle's. But I also wonder how Seattle's defense can respond to Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, uh, from fantasy, I'm optimistic uh, on both sides here. And I, I like that from the Seattle side, there's been more no huddle. I think they're putting Russell Wilson more at the centerpiece of the, the centerpiece of the offense. It helps Doug Baldwin. It helps Jimmy Graham. There's not much of a running game to speak of, but that offense will continue to flow through Russell Wilson against a weakened Houston defense. Remember before the bye they lost Whitney merciless and JJ Watt. And then on the Houston side, I just like Watson's willingness to outlast the defense. Um, he's his running ability. Athleticism is translated and the, the scene this crowd the the reputation of seattle's defense that's not going to intimidate him at all he plays the same and has the same approach so this is a really exciting game to look forward to yeah i agree i think uh i think watson pretty much matchup proof already which is crazy especially when you consider the high floor with the legs and all that um all right uh the other four o'clock game 425 start a monster game in the nfc east the loser in a lot of trouble moving forward uh also i believe the highest point total uh over under of the week as well so uh potential for some some points in this one sigmund the dallas cowboys heading into washington uh start everybody yeah, pretty much. I mean, the Washington uh, offensive line is banged up, but I still think Dallas' defense, you know, they've got some players who can get, make pressure on the quarterback, but Kirk Cousins is playing really well right now. So, yeah, Elliott, Bryant, and we'll see if Josh Norman is back. You know, that gives you a little bit of hesitation if you really like your other options than Des Bryant. Um, Jason Witten, uh, he had one of the better plays he's had in years. Yeah, that week. was a terrific catch. And he's actually, I mean, I think he's got a – Something like his most targets per mm-hmm. game since since 2012 or something. He's he's looked good. Yeah, he's looked he's looked great. And Dak Prescott's playing lights out football right now. Uh, and uh, I would say on the Washington side, we're seeing Chris Thompson is reliable. I think this could be a good Rob Kelly game. I don't. Dallas is very good against the run, and he should. I would expect to get a scoring opportunity here. Jordan Reed is finally back to his ways, scoring in, in the red zone, um, and maybe Josh Doxson. Um, if not in your lineup, add him to see what happens. It looks like Terrell Pryor is going to see the bench and Dawson's going to get a chance to be that big downfield receiver and red zone receiver for them. Yeah, the Pryor thing is wild, man. That has just been a, a disaster. There's, and There's stuff behind the scenes, I think, personality stuff maybe. I think so too. That that, that, I mean, it just seems there has to yet. be. 
well, because I mean, he's he's talented. So and you it, uh, talented enough to provide a tactical advantage that you, not that not that Josh Doxson can't, but he has things he can provide. But I think we may look back on that year he had last year in Cleveland as more a byproduct of them having n- nothing else at the position than yeah. than than Terrell Pryor being a budding star. No, it's interesting. I, I certainly was uh, higher on him than, than looks like warranted. Uh, all right, moving on to the primetime game Sunday night. This is a, a fascinating matchup uh, as you your uh, Pittsburgh Steelers heading in to take on the Detroit Lions coming off a bye. Uh, Steelers obviously have uh, struggled offensively on the road more so than, than not. Um, really uh, interesting game. Kind of tell us where both these teams stand. Um, who, who are you looking at in this one segment? Yeah, the Steelers have a good recipe. Give the ball to um... – Living on Bell 35 times. Yeah, so. I could be their offensive coordinator. Yeah, just hold, that hold on to James Conner because you know, they're going <laughs> to really test the limits of this. But but honestly, um, I, I think that that's something that the Steelers are going to continue to do. Why not? Um, D- Detroit has a weak pass defense. So maybe Ben Roethlisberger is a bi-week quarterback for you here. Martavis Bryant's going to be inactive for this game. Juju Smith-Schuster. And we would automatically say, hey, Juju Smith-Schuster is, is your guy here, although he's got a concussion, and he had one back in the preseason. So watch that closely. Um, it could just be... And Darius Slay against Antonio Brown could be really interesting here, too, as Brown goes back to, to Michigan. Um, but I, I think the Steelers' offense is going to be more conservative, and I think their defense is a strength right now. Uh, Matthew Stafford had a big game in New Orleans going into the bye, but a lot of that was because New Orleans was up so big they went to garbage time. So I would expect the Steelers' defense to hold down what Detroit wants to do, and we know Detroit doesn't have much of a running game either. Yeah, I agree. I, I see this as more of a low-scoring game uh, in that case, and and it'll be interesting to see how Stafford is because he looked hobbled uh, yeah. in that game against New Orleans. See if the one either. Yeah, and see if the week off has helped or not. Um, should be an interesting one. That Pittsburgh defense is uh, is really good. Um, so. Should be interesting. All right, uh, Monday Nighter, a uh, big AFC West matchup as two teams that uh, I guess you could say kind of reeling. One mm-hmm. is certainly reeling in the Broncos having lost to the Giants and then getting shut out by the Chargers, as you said, heading into uh, Kansas City against a team that maybe not reeling but lost two in a row, certainly not as uh, high-flying as they were before. Right. Potential for some fantasy goodness here, Sigmund? Yeah, The well, uh, KC has to watch for that season slip away. And on the KC side, absolutely. Even though we're used to Denver being a shutdown uh, pass defense, you're still going to play Kelsey. You're still going to play Hill and Kareem Hunt, obviously. On the Denver side, this is a team that's disintegrating before our very eyes, I think. Uh, we're going to see Brock Osweiler soon, just in time for Halloween. Ooh. Uh, Yuck. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's going to be like the pumpkin that's been left out after Halloween. Oh, God. He's the pumpkin who's like, yeah, who's like sitting in an alley for like three exactly. years and exactly. cats pissing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I, that that's absolutely where this franchise is with Trevor Simeon. I think um, the offense is stalling out. They're not establishing the run. Um, I, I think we're going to see at Arrowhead on Monday night um, sort of a death knell for this version of, of Denver. And uh, John Elway is going to take the wheel and steer it towards Brock Osweilerville here any day now. God, that is so ugly. Remember, remember when Paxton Lynch was a thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and hey, well, guess Philly what? next week, and it's Philly, by the way. Philly. I was just about to say, we get him next week, and so, I'll take him like this. Yeah, maybe so, Paxton Lynch will be on the field before the end of that game. Uh, bring him. We would love to see uh, that uh, fellow member of the Carson Wentz draft class. 
going up against him. Follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. And again, footballguys.com, the Audible podcast, uh, eight days a week, literally. Uh, it is awesome stuff. And, uh, and as always, we like to end the show by going inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom as he is a fascinating uh, person with a lot of uh, interesting thoughts on the world and, and clearly insanely smart as well. So um, love to pick at that mind. And, and what we usually do is, you know, ask all kinds of questions to kind of life questions, this and that. But this week, I want to actually help our listeners out. I realize that I've not really done a recommendations version oh. of the uh, Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom. So this week, we're going to give recommendations out. Um, and, and we've started to kind of, you know, I'm sure longtime listeners of the pod have uh, a general sense of your feeling for these types of things, but let's uh, let's get it on the record, and I'm going to give you the core four here, and I'm going to ask you to give me one recommendation for each, assuming that, let's say, it's aliens, and, and these people have never seen sure. a movie or read a book or anything, so let's start off with a movie. Uh, what one movie would you recommend to exemplify oh, wow. movies to the alien race? Yeah, I mean... Or one movie every person must see is another way to say it. Sure, sure. Wow. Oh, you know, I mean, these are really, really important questions. I can't believe I have to answer them with such little time. <laughs> such little time to deliberate about I know, this. I know. I really should give you more time. No, well, you know, I'm not... the beauty of it. So, so listen, so I'm, I'm, this is going to sound like a cliche, uh, but I'm going to say Citizen Kane. And um, Citizen Kane... I mean, there's so many great films uh, that can embody so many things, but Citizen Kane is definitely an American film. I mean, it tells the story of the arc of of America and an American, uh, a a story that is is true without like adding value judgments to it. But what you really need to do when you watch Citizen Kane is, and and another, you know, another movie that would be on the short list of this would be Pulp Fiction in a similar sort of way. Um, Because there's so many things about Citizen Kane that are so familiar to us that didn't exist before citizen kane in some ways orson wells invented modern cinema in it through citizen kane he he invented and improvised the citizen kane i, I want to say and don't quote me on the stuff my brain is um drug addled in some ways uh, <laughs> only legal prescription drugs of course uh but, <laughs> but uh you know i, I want to say it's the first film that had ceilings in it you know really yeah things like that I mean, that's fascinating. Yeah. So there's just a lot of different things that Orson Welles did to make Citizen Kane. I mean, I think the way the timeline's broken up, there's so many different narrative things. That's why I talk about Pulp Fiction, because there's so many things about Pulp Fiction now that are familiar because so many films copy it. So you've seen so much of what Citizen Kane um, revolutionized about cinema and, and so many movies that you love, but it all started there. I love, love that answer. If you haven't seen Citizen Kane, it is an older movie. And I did, it used to be cliche to say that. I think now it's like, oh, you got to see The Godfather or whatever. But it is. That's the point. I think it's kind of gotten forgotten about over the last decade or so comparative to those other films that you always hear about, like Vertigo and and, and, um, Godfather and whatnot at the top of those, you know, AFI lists and all that. But like Citizen Kane, a seminal work and an important film to see. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I, you know, you can't get better than a Citizen Kane pulp fiction parallel. All right, let's, uh, let's move to the smaller screen. One TV show that everyone has to watch. Sure. Um, you know, God, I can't, I mean, I, I, I want to say the wire. I mean, the wire is, is my own personal me favorite too. experience of watching a television show. Me too. But you frame the way you frame this question. I've got to say it's The Simpsons, and it, and, it, and it's a specific period of The Simpsons when Conan O'Brien 
was one of the guiding minds behind it three or four years when Phil Hartman was on the show. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, um, when Phil Hartman died, you know, something in the heart of that show really died. hundred percent. And that, but that period, and again, I'm, and I'm going to make this similar to citizen Kane. Like it, it doesn't have to be American centric, but here we are. I mean, we're Americans. We're talking about American football. Um, the, it's just something about the, the, the real truth of American society at that time. It's all in there. Everything in American society is in there. And, uh, it, and it's, it's a brilliant show and a show with a ton of heart too. the relationship between Lisa and Bart is, is really one of the, it's the heart, the beating heart of the show. And it often comes back to it in a really subtle way. There's a lot of real human moments in that show too. It's a terrific answer. Obviously the wire was my first thought as well, but, um, there's a reason the Simpsons has been on the air for, for almost 30 years or whatever it is. And it's insane. And, yeah. uh, it's a mirror uh, that, you know? it, yeah, it's no, it really is. Uh, all right. Uh, now we'll get to the, the two ones that, uh, I think if people have listened to the show, um, are, are the heart and soul of, of what you are. Uh, uh, let's start with book. Um, I'm, I'm, and and I'm, I'm being merciful in some ways when I say this. I'm thinking of the audience. I would say it's Slaughterhouse Five, and and Kurt Vonnegut, as an author, when I encountered, there's a special time in all of our lives. I think when we're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, the world is just so huge. You know, you're discovering these great artists yes. and directors and musicians and all this amazing work you start to travel and really see like how boundless the world is you know and Kurt Vonnegut was definitely one of those authors that I discovered during that time and just voraciously read everything I could and some of it is because it's very readable it's short it's punchy I mean I think that a lot of it was classified as science fiction at the time looked down upon mm-hmm. um there's a lot of philosophy in Kurt Vonnegut there's a lot of humanism in Kurt Vonnegut and you know, what is it? so it goes, you know, Slaughterhouse Five um, is, and there's a lot of books that could vie for this, but Slaughterhouse Five is the sure. accessible one that just embodies that idea. And The Wire has some of this too, where you just you just show how it really is in a way that is validating, but it's somewhat depressing at the same time. Yes, because it's this. That's a perfect. That's a perfect description. Well, it because it just it describes exi- existence in the human condition in a way that cuts through where we exist we exist on this plane of what we hope to be or what we want to see ourselves as or what we want to tell ourselves is happening when there's something else actually happening and Kurt Vonnegut describes that something else and uh, you know I think of Charles Bukowski here too it's like a, a really formative in my mind of this idea of like we're all we're all pathetic when it comes right down to it you know I hate all of you especially <laughs> me but 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 Kurt Vonnegut doesn't hate himself and hate he has there's a little more compassion there. It's not an answer, much like the wire. There's no answer. There's no explanation. But at least it says this, yes, I can I, I this is happening to me too. And in that there's some compassion, some camaraderie. And I think that Slaughterhouse Five embodies that that thread that runs through all of his books. And you know, it's it's authentic. It's true. I was literally about to say the authentic it's a perfect word. Yeah. So um and it's an easy read. So that's what I'm thinking of all of you out there. It's an easy read if you never read it. And hopefully if you haven't read any Kurt Vonnegut and you're listening to this, that you can add something to your life. Yes, please, please, please. I will echo uh, Sigmund's statement. This is also a great moment to say that he was in back to school 
and Rodney Dangerfield. With Rodney Dangerfield. And Rodney Dangerfield had him write his paper on Vonnegut. You know, he got he hired Kurt Vonnegut to write his paper for college on Kurt Vonnegut, and I believe the paper got an F. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that is so, so great. Um, and I'm with you. Slaughterhouse-Five, definitely a formative book for me as well. All right, uh, the one that we all knew we would end on, and, and I don't know if uh, there might be people listening who don't even know what an album is because it's not really a thing anymore, right. but uh, one, one album. Uh, to play for everyone. And look, again, I'm not going to go out. I'm, I, I, a lot of my answers, my answers are pretty conventional here, but things become cliches. They become repeated because they're good. Because yep, I'm, I'm a cliches or cliches for a reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the answer is kind of blue. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the answer. Um, it is, um, I think modal jazz. Um, and, Miles Davis, we've talked about Miles Davis on the show already, but mm -hmm. you get together musicians, you don't really tell them what they're going to do. Uh, you basically give them a very rough sketch or outline of what you're trying to do and you just do it. And they're inspired world-class musicians. So putting them on, on this tightrope, um, it turns into transcendent art. And I believe the liner notes of the album talk about the Japanese, some sort of Japanese like calligraphy where the, 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 it's a very thin surface you're writing on and it's stretched so tight that if you, if, if what you're writing doesn't flow, you'll pierce it and destroy it. You'll destroy the work, you know, is this metaphor for what they were doing in kind of blue and what it creates is a space. And I believe that music really does speak to the soul the, I, I really do think that we exist. What we think of ourselves, it's we're 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 always James. We're so, always somewhere in between our mind, our body, and our soul. You know, totally. We're somewhere in the intersection of those three things, and music really does speak to your soul. And I think that it creates this space. It's almost like going back somewhere that you knew, but you forgot you had been until you went back. Uh, and it's just it's it's music. It's and jazz. We could go off a whole tangent on jazz and what jazz means but uh it's it's really really the most um and it, it, it's just it's a it's just music like i said it's like traveling but traveling somewhere is not physical uh but still very important yeah to tie a bow on it with a, a cliche here uh, uh, music makes the world go round, and uh, mm -hmm. I truly believe that. I'm with you. I think uh, uh, as much as I, I, my career is in talking and radio and TV and all stuff, like I would give up every other medium for sure. music. Like well, I, you know, I, I, and and that's crazy to say because I love to read, I love all that, but like yeah. music is the one I couldn't live. Yeah, with. yeah. And I'll just, if you allow me to grab the wheel, I'll, you know, I'll quote, I'll quote the inimitable Frank Zappa. You know, information is not knowledge. Knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is not truth. Truth is not beauty. Beauty is not love. Love is not music. Music is the best. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that is a perfect way uh, to go out. And uh, if, if you haven't listened to Frank Zappa, folks, uh, you need to. Hot rats. Uh, yes. Please, please go listen to Frank Zappa. Weird, amazing, uh, and also just a, a pure genius, a perfectionist. Another American. So, true American. Yeah. And and jazz, also uniquely American. Very American jingoistic feel to this inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. That's, uh, can't beat that. I know. <laughs> and that's probably the first and last time I will yeah, ever exactly. be described as a jingoist. But I guess in my heart of hearts, I am a patriot. Oh, I love it. At Sigmund Bloom on Twitter for more of these uh, awesome uh, insightful thoughts. And, uh, and again, uh, he will be back next week. Uh, footballguys.com, the Audible. Check it all out. As always, thank you, Sigmund. Uh, a pleasure. Always. Always look forward to it.
As always, terrific, awesome stuff, both on the football side and, of course, on the life side as well from Sigmund. It doesn't get much better than that. Good luck to everyone heading into Week 8. If you want more content from me, which you probably don't, but, hey, if you do, uh, start sitcom tomorrow on bleedinggreennation.com. Tomorrow morning that'll come out. And then uh, Saturday, WIP show, me, John Barchard, and Brandon Lee Gowton, 1 to 3 on WIP. And then Sunday morning, uh, John Barchard and myself and Jack Fritz breaking down gambling and fantasy and all that good stuff on the WIP Facebook live page heading into Sunday's game. So uh, if you need any help, hit me up at James Seltzer on Twitter more than happy to do whatever I can. Otherwise, good luck in week eight again. As I say, every week it's a week-to-week league. Go win. Like I know it sounds simple, but do what you have to to win. I was talking to one of our great listeners, Kerry Johnson, a Patreon subscriber, awesome Awesome person, got to meet her at the draft. And Carrie was like, I lost OBJ, and I've just been tinkering ever since. Moves after moves after moves. And that's what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do to win each week, as each win is so important. It's back to the Sigmund thing. It's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. So uh, go out and, uh, and win. I want winners. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week to, to talk about winning week nine as well moving forward. So, again, uh, thank you to Sigmund Bloom. Thank you for listening. Uh, I will be back again tomorrow. Start sitcom Sunday morning, uh, fantasy football and gambling show and, and all the other stuff too. And again, at James Seltzer on Twitter. So thank you for listening to the week eight edition of this week in fantasy. We could jam and joke the rides. His mama was screaming and his dad was mad. We was playing the same old song in the afternoon. And sometimes we would play it all night long. It was all we knew, and easy to, so we wouldn't get it wrong. All we did was bend the string like... Hey, down in Joe's garage, we didn't have no dope for LSD, but a couple of quarts of beer would fix it so the intonation would not offend your ear. And the same old chords going over and over became a symphony We could play it again and again and again Cause it sounded good to me One more time We could jam in Joe's garage His mama was screaming